RHD1079 Life. Uh, James here with you. Hope you're having a fantastic night. Here again with the wonderful Denisha and Marianne. How are you going, guys? Good. It's lovely to have you back. Is this, this is the third week in a row. I think so, yeah. yeah. Seriously, yeah. We're, we're developing a regular posse here. Yeah. we got lots to chat about today. Um, I really want to chat about JK Rowling. Oh, what her. a lady. What a lady, She's indeed. Actually, I actually love her. <laughs> it's, an actual, it's an actual real true love. It's a true love. Like, I love her. <laughs> she is the best like, and you are just i mean you were saying that harry potter has literally shaped your life it's my life harry potter raised you it is my life if people don't understand my harry potter stuff i'm we, we're done we're not friends the friendship's gone there's nothing there <laughs> and although it wasn't something that shaped your life marianne your sister has been bitten by the harry potter bug in a yeah, pretty serious yeah, way yeah so to what extent how bad is it with her um not so bad anymore but she went through a big phase where she would read all the books over and over and watch the movies over and over and she's got all the movies and all the books and I think in all the different editions and oh okay and she even went to Melbourne once to meet um can't remember what his name is but he plays Draco oh no I don't like him so oh, don't okay, yeah. okay. Yeah. we hate Draco well, but she, she loves the actor <laughs> your game yeah, yeah. I wish I wish worse. people who were listening could have seen your facial expression <laughs> when you were smiling smiling we're talking about Harry Potter and all of a sudden Marianne says Draco Malfoy and your face just drops <laughs> Serious yeah. thing. No, I don't like him. <laughs> I don't like him. He's just mean. Yeah. He's just... Well, he was a bit, no, he was he's a bit just mean. mean, okay? Yeah. He's just mean and I don't like him. <laughs> and I've never seen other movies with him in it because he's just Draco. That's it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay, enough said. So, um, J.K. Rowling's been in the news very recently, but I also want to talk a little bit about uh, Cursed Child and a whole bunch of other mm-hmm. um, J.K. Rowling-related stuff because I'm a bit of a fan as well. Uh, we'd also want to talk a little bit about pool games. Yes. Pool games are something that we all do when we're young. But we were talking a little bit about uh, how pool games change as you get older. You know, the sort of the way you don't really think about it, I think, yeah. so much. But they do sort of change and become a little bit different, a little bit more rough, yeah. too, yeah. I think. Because there's been <laughs> something in the news about what some may consider to be the ultimate pool game. Although pretty yeah. boring. Yeah. Ultimate in terms of numbers, <laughs> boring in terms of content. Why yeah. would people do this? Why would nearly 2,000 people play a simultaneous boring pool game. You're about to find out. It's very, very <laughs> newsworthy. And it's made a great video. HD Radio Awards also coming up very shortly as well. We've got some very high-profile guests as well as you, Denisha. Yes. If I, but you are the most high-profile guest, exactly. of course. I was about to say, like, are you talking about me? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Presenting our awards on the night. Yes. Uh, it's going to be pretty big. So we'll go into that as well. J.K. Rowling, sort of like a, a kind of a strange quasi-surrogate godmother for you, <laughs> uh, Denisha. Where, where did it all start? for you and Harry Potter. Can you remember the moment? Um, wow, no. I don't remember the moment. All I remember is watching Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone and was like, I am Hermione Granger. (laughs) Okay. Were you a similar age at that point? Um, yeah, actually I was. I think I was a little bit younger, but yeah, I was the same age and I just knew from then that like, you know, I'm going to end up marrying Ron and, you know, and I, it, it was right. I was right. Yep. I did end up marrying Ron Weasley. So. Okay. <laughs> That's my life of Harry Potter. <laughs> That's good. That's really, really good. Um, <laughs> oh, God. Clearly that hasn't happened, yeah, Denisha. Has. I'm not okay. Well, Hermione That's and fine. Ron have ended up together, so just saying. <laughs> oh, so you right. thought at the time Hermione and yeah, Ron were Yeah, because I was Hermione Granger. And, and you so were saying, if I was Hermione Granger. No, I am. I was. <laughs> 
Not if. I, I was Hermione This is seriously messing with my brain. I can't. I was Hermione Granger and I just knew that Ron Weasley and Hermione Granger were going to end up together. And when they did, life was complete. Okay. And yeah. this is what happened to you slash Hermione Granger. <laughs> exactly. Am I talking about yeah, this the right way? Yeah, I've got it. That was all my book quick stuff. Hermione Granger. Yeah. In my yeah. wand. In my glasses. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. And um, for your sister, Marianne, who was the big Harry Potter fan, yeah. was, was did it sound similar? Or was um, it not so? I, please tell me it wasn't this bad. I mean, Because this is wasn't. bad. Yeah. Good, Come on, but bad. Yes, I, I appreciate the, the passion. I think that's really good. Um, but I don't think it was quite... She wasn't quite as into it. No. Not many people are. that much. <gasps> Sorry. I don't know why. Maybe she did. I can't really remember. But she never really spoke about it. <laughs> No one really spoke about Hermione until towards the end when she, like, kind of grew up. It was more like Hagrid because he was just the best in the whole entire Mm. world. And then, like, obviously, like, Harry and Dumbledore. Dumbledore, yeah. Yeah. Dumbledore. Yeah, the scene at the end of Half-Blood Prince was... Yeah. There were some tears. Yeah, it was a big big moment. There was a lot of tears throughout the whole Harry Potter series of me. Really? Yeah, all the time. Anytime someone would die, I'm like, oh, my gosh. It's really sad. I can't say I can relate, but okay. (laughs) So recently, there was a huge hiatus, of course, between the end of the Deathly Hallows book, the final book in the um, Harry Potter series, and the book that came later. And I think it was actually a chronological length of time. Like, it was exactly, what, 17 years or something yep. between the two time frames. So, and the the book that came out for people who have been living, I don't know, in a place with literally no media or windows uh, <laughs> okay. would know it was released is a play uh, called Harry Potter and the Cursed Child. And, Denisha, you you shocked us earlier. We couldn't believe it. And Belinda <laughs> was in here earlier as well. We are like, double-taking, going, you yeah. said, yeah, I saw it. You saw it. You you went to England be- <laughs> and and saw this? Yes. <laughs> yeah. And... <laughs> And you said, "Oh no, I'll um, I'll tell you more about my recollections about it in absolute detail." Yeah, um, I'd love to give you detail, but you're of not it. going to, are you? But I'm because- not because look, I would have been more excited about seeing it had I not been um, really sick. And so I was really, I was really medicated, and so I was kind of like hallucinating. I was really out of it, didn't really know what was going down. That could have made it more and more real, right? Yeah. So now I don't know. Sometimes I have like, you know, when you have like dreams of like subconscious, I feel like, is this the actual play, or is it just me like, woo, using my imagination? <laughs> <laughs> I got a pretty big imagination, so you just never know. See, I don't actually remember anything. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, look, I just don't like to talk about it. Yeah. It's really sad for me. <laughs> See, that must be, as a, as a huge fan, that must be really rough. It seriously is. Just people don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I reckon we'd understand. I think a lot of people are there right now going, no. It's just really tough on me, guys. <laughs> it's really tough. But you have read the play. Yeah. Uh, as well, what did you what did you think of it when you read it? Did you love it? Yeah, you did yeah but it. I just love anything that anything that J.K. Rowling does. I just am loving anything to do with Harry Potter. I just love. I just and I love reading as well. And so yeah. I loved that it was it wasn't actually a book. I loved that it was actually the play, and that you know how sometimes books and movies are completely different. Yeah, I loved that it wasn't. Yeah. Well, it would have had to have been, wouldn't it? Because it would have yeah. been because it's got the stage direction. Yeah, and that's and all what that I love. Like, I love that kind of stuff. Like, I love like reading stage plays and everything. Like, that's why I love yeah. that it wasn't 
a kind of a book kind of thing. It was the stage play. Yeah. Now, we were just having a bit of a chat before about Harry Potter, Harry Potter and the Cursed Child specifically, which um, Denisha has seen but had absolutely no memory of because <laughs> yes. she was running a high fever and was on severe meds, <laughs> which I think would have honestly lifted the whole thing because especially isn't it in the play script that dementors come out of the audience and yeah. stuff like that. Like, how real would that have looked if right. you were a little bit groggy? I probably would have been so scared and freaked yeah. out that yeah. my body was just like, don't remember anything. <laughs> it's a bad dream. <laughs> I was reading it and I was freaked out. <laughs> but the reason um, we, we've sort of brought this up is really to talk about JK Rowling and kind of her Twitter presence and it's become a newsworthy thing at the moment, generally. But when the um, Cursed Child came out and people were kind of like throwing a lot of shade on her for um, casting not only um, different actors in the roles of the, the Harry Potter cast, but the fact that the girl playing Hermione in the... Um, well, it's not a girl, it's a woman, I guess, because she's grown up yeah. and the head of the Ministry of Magic... Oh, no spoilers, sorry. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, I just did that. Sorry, 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 everyone. That she's actually a black actress, yeah. not a white actress like Emma Watson is. So people, you know, people are going to come out and just say nasty things, yeah. you know, and mm. try to hide behind that. And one of the people who did that came out and said someone was saying oh it's not about racism it's just about consistency of the movie how come you can't even find one good white actress was the comment so that's just oh, nasty that's right? harsh yeah. so she came back and said we found the best actress and she's black bye bye now <laughs> is the response bye bye now. seriously love J. <laughs> it's like because really when you look at it like twitter social media and all this kind of stuff this sort of trolling it's just really bullying Behind really, the but yeah. behind you know, and a lot mm. of these people too, they don't. They have like you know eggs, or they'll do pictures of themselves like as different characters and things like that. Yeah. And it, it, there's a real lack of um, transparency and a real lack of kind of you know courage, I guess, in kind of representing what it is you really feel. You're hiding behind the veneer of a yeah. of an avatar or something like that. So the fact that she kind of flicks them back a little bit, I think, is a really good thing. I think it's really yeah. helpful, and there's evidence of that all throughout um, the last. Few years, especially fans um, of Harry Potter and, and fans of her that have kind of reached out to her saying things. Like, and I love how they've said it all in the kind of the Harry Potter speak as well. And uh, one of the ones that we were talking about before was, um, can you please teach me how to scare the dementors that have been living under my bed? I'm tired of being sad all the time. Which is just, it's, it gets you, you so know. Cute. But she came straight back and said, um, they're bothering a unique, valuable human being who deserves happiness. Ask for help. Don't fight alone. Big hug. So, so if someone that you just admired so much came back, it would give you kind of go, oh, okay. Well, yeah. if that, if this person who I admire so much is reaching out to me, it shows in a way, you know, it, it doesn't show that you matter because of course you matter, but it just gives yeah. you that sense of going, oh, well, there you go. Yeah. You know, she doesn't talk to everyone, you know, that sort of thing. There was another one too uh, that we were talking about we really liked was, um, I'm a Gryffindor, but my anxiety keeps me from being a true gif Gryffindor a lot recently. Am I still a Gryffindor despite that? So unless you went into Harry Potter, that wouldn't make any sense. But obviously this person doesn't feel as if they're being courageous. They don't feel as if they're, you know, being strong enough. And she came back saying, of course, being anxious isn't who you are. It's something you're feeling. It will pass. So 
Mm. You know, it's just really, really lovely. So, you know, she's obviously got a really strong moral sense of right and wrong, which is kind of what brings us to where we we are today (laughs) with her being in the news. Because what's happened is recently the show's going, uh, we're recording the show on uh, Thursday. It's Thursday, the 2nd of February today uh, when we're recording. So the whole thing around these um, sort of like um, refugee bands and, and, and bands of people from Muslim countries is happening um, around the world at the moment and it's all there and what she's done is reposted uh, a tweet from Mike Pence who's the um, vice president of America when he came out and he's a you know a devout Christian and and has said previously calls to ban Muslims from entering the US are offensive and unconstitutional that's what he said yep. previously yep. and stood by that. And you kind of go, yeah, well, actually, from a Christian moral perspective, that makes sense. You know, that makes perfect sense. But, of course, now things have changed. You yeah. know, it's all it's all a bit different. So what she's done is she's um, um, retweeted that and then written a Bible quote from Matthew saying, for what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? So... That's happened. But of course, this being Twitter and this being social media, the deluge of abuse from people who don't share that opinion has Mm. been swift, biting and in large quantities as well. So what she's done is she has taken up the mantle of the same sort of quick responses, quick witty responses that she has before. And she's not hold back at all. Uh, Some of them we can't read because (laughs) some of the abuse that's come has been really, really nasty. And she's dealt with it in a fairly sort of like curt way. But one of the ones that um, I really, really like is that someone had said, now keep in mind, this is all she said. She's just quoted a Bible verse and just reposted something that someone has said beforehand. So she's not saying anything that is kind of inflammatory, really. She's just yep. said things of how yeah. they are, you know, of, of how it's been said. So someone's come back and said, glad I caught this article on Yahoo. I will now burn your books and movies too. <gasps> like, what? That is so harsh. I know, it's like, but, oh my goodness. But of course she comes back. But the, mm-hmm. It's worth it for the response. Yeah. <laughs> I've still got your money, so by all means, borrow my lighter. <laughs> Seriously, I love her. <laughs> so, um, but of course, I mean, and, and Marianne, I know that you're a very keen student of all this kind of stuff, but this stuff really, the way of, of talking about people um, who are refugees, who are coming from other countries in times of need, this fits very much within the Catholic social teaching realm. Can you give people a bit of an idea who aren't familiar with what Catholic social teachings are in that regard? Yeah, well, to be honest, the whole refugee situation is a little bit confusing to me. But from what I can see from it, um, the Catholic social teachings are just basically around equality, um, putting the lives of people first and making sure that they're safe. And I think that treating everybody as an equal is probably at the centre of what the Catholic social teachings around refugees is. But I think that there is a lot of negative stuff happening around the world in terms of especially Muslim refugees and it's very um, disheartening to see. When you say the refugee thing is a bit confusing, do you mind saying why why that's confusing um, to you? I think just I don't know a whole lot about the um, sort of processes that come with um, refugees coming into Australia and the whole stop the boats thing and how they end up in detention centres and things like that, like the processes that go on with that kind of stuff and what determines whether or not they are coming through as um, legal refugees or as illegal immigrants. Okay. Um, so, but from what I do know and from what I have seen, I am definitely of the belief that 
as a Christian, we have to be supportive of people who are fleeing countries because they're in danger. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But it, I mean, it is it is very tricky, isn't it? Because yeah. it's look, because I remember when all of this stuff became a real thing. Like it was to it was around. Um, uh, when there was a the, the the tamper and the the children overboard thing was 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 a big thing in the news, and then all of a sudden using um, people who were refugees became part of an election platform. Yeah, and I remember at the time thinking this is really strange to me. Like it didn't really make any sense. Um, and I would talk to people and I'd say, does it not seem strange to you that refugees? Uh, uh, you know, which is something that is kind of like a, a United Nations resolution that people who are fleeing religious and um, political persecution or whatever, that they be granted asylum in, in, in countries that yeah. they're fleeing to if they're a signatory to it. Isn't it doesn't it seem strange now that it's, it's a politicised It thing? does a little bit. And that's probably where I'm also confused is that I sort of thought that the UN had a bit more control over it and that it shouldn't be decided upon by our politicians so, yeah yeah but um i suppose yeah it's just a bit tricky and i've got to do some more research on it yeah yeah, yeah it's it's something that i'm sorry and i'm to, to people who are listening we apologize we don't mean to get too overtly political but it's just something that's very very interesting because it's very very topical in yeah, the world yeah. right now now um pool games guys yeah now we were we were talking about this earlier and I remember Marco Polo being a very prominent, and you guys also played Marco Polo. Yeah, yeah. Now, when does not? (laughs) When does Marco Polo? At what age does Marco Polo (laughs) like? At what point do you get get into the pool with like your your brothers and sisters or your friends and go, "Hey, let's play Marco Polo," and they go, "Oh no, (laughs) Um, not anymore. That's a young kids game." I don't really think there is. I think it just depends. Like you know some. Some people, like with their siblings, they're always going to act a lot younger than they are. And then you've got like some friends that are like, true, because no, like, it depends on cool. it depends on who's the youngest yeah, child. Exactly. You know? like, yeah. But I look to be honest, I'm still with like I'm one of the oldest of my cousins. So when we get into the pool, the cousins are like, let's do it. Me and my sister are like, all right. You still rock, rock Marco Ariel, Polo. my sister's turning like 23. I'm turning 19. We're like, let's do it, Marco Polo, all the yeah. way. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah. Okay, so from there though, like if it was just you and your sister, for instance, and you, Marianne, you and your sister, yeah. like if you were to play a pool game, say, I don't know, sort of like in your teenage years <laughs> more, what sort of a pool game would be most prominent then? Would you be using pool toys like oh. your? Um, Actually, what was that? What were those things? Those horses? What were they called again? Oh, the, the noodles. noodles. Yeah. No, oh, noodles were there, but there was also um, well, not pool ponies. Were they a thing? <laughs> Do you remember no those? Uh, no, no. I like we use noodles and like noodles. sit on them as yeah, like a- yeah. And no. you can dunk them underwater and yeah. squirt water yeah. out of them and all yeah. that kind yeah. of stuff noodles. as well. So yeah. yeah. All right. So so okay. So would the games involve noodles um, more? Yeah. Sometimes we 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 still use when we went to Bali. Like me and my sister were still using the noodle to like spray water on the whole entire family. Yeah. Um, but then our game is more of the who can scare the person the most. So you just have to go underwater at any time and just kind of grab their foot, <laughs> and just whoever gets scared the most. That's that's my that's our game. Okay. <laughs> now we we used to play a game. I think we called it Shark or something like uh, that. Like literally. Yeah. 
you know, preying on people. <laughs> yeah. It's not, it's not yeah. very mature. Yeah. Okay, so look, in the news, there has been a world record beaten in what could potentially be seen as the world's most boring pool game. Yeah, definitely. But um, it's – and what it is is it's just floating. People floating but holding hands with one another to form like a giant ring or a giant chain or whatever it is. However, the, the thing that actually does make it very, very interesting is the sheer number – of people have been involved yep. in that. 1,940 people wow. in uh, Argentina. It's a good effort. Now, what they've done is they have uh, uh, joined hands together um, down at a place called Lake Epicuan. Mm, I'm probably pronouncing that in five different shades of wrong. But uh, <laughs> Lake Epicuan, uh, they were there, 1,941 people um, gathered together, held hands simultaneously for 30 seconds. The Guinness Book of World Records... The previous record was set by people in Taiwan where it was only 650 people. So, they've just smashed it way out of the park. But the things that made it really different is that they had to wear flotation devices in Taiwan because the the salt water content uh, in this lake in Argentina is so high. People just float naturally. Now, Denisha, you were saying that you've had... Uh, an experience in uh, in the Dead Sea. Yes. And there's something about actually swimming or trying to float or whatever in this kind of high saltwater content sea or lake or whatever that people don't really think about. And it really yeah. shocked me. Can you tell us about that? Um, well, when I, I used to live in Dubai and Jordan, obviously, and so when we went to um, the Dead Sea with like uh, all of our family friends, we had never been before. So we were all like young, we were really excited. Mum was excited. Mum goes into the, um, into the sea and she just floats up like uncontrollably. <laughs> Controllable, like mum's really uncoordinated and I get it from her but she, <laughs> she just like shot up and all you hear is this screaming like oh my god and we were like running over like what is going on and it was mum she could not stand up like we had to like pull her out of the water to drag her out by floating she just couldn't stand up and I don't know we don't understand why like it was the funniest experience of my life it took me my sister my dad and three other people to pull mum out because she was floating so much and she was just floating away. Yeah. <laughs> she was just floating away. Like, she was like a, a, a boat with this anchor had been cut. Oh no, it's yeah. floating out yeah. to sea. It was just like, you could just see her like floating into the horizon. We're like, oh, we need to get her out. <laughs> we are going to lose mum in the sea. It was, no, it was definitely Did she not funny. stop to think about swimming? Like kind of go. You can't, you can't. Why you not? just continue, you just keep, you just keep floating away and then obviously you don't want the water in your mouth because it's, so disgusting like yeah it's horrible and like mum's not a really good swimmer herself and she's really blind so she has to keep her glasses on so she was just going back up like whoa yeah (laughs) it was so funny so did you feel when you were standing there like so can you stand or is Um, that just not possible you can if you don't put your whole body into the water you can stand you still kind of feel like you're gonna fall off but like you're not like i only went up to my knee because i don't i don't go into the ocean ever but um yeah you don't you don't completely fall, like, fall, but you just kind of, like, feel yourself kind of, like, lifting. You're you like, don't have any, like, Yeah, balance. you're just kind of like, what is, yeah. yeah. It's, it was funny. Okay, so the big question, I guess, <laughs> that this prompts is, if you guys had 1,941 people over for a pool party, what would be the <laughs> wow. game that you were, like, how would you make the best game out of that if you had uh, that sheer volume? Giant game of 
water volleyball. Yeah, that, water I was polo? thinking that'd water be polo? cool. Water polo. <laughs> yeah. Water polo. Maybe, uh, Nine hundred people aside. Yeah. <laughs> no, water fights. Just like the biggest game of water fights. Yeah. And there are no yeah. teams. Everyone is just yeah. on their own. Mm. It would be the most boring game of Marco Polo because yeah. you'd be yeah. tripping you over people. All the, yeah. I don't even understand be how no like point. floating. <laughs> do you even classify that as a game? Like, yeah, it's you just, just kind of thing. You just kind. It's a thing that you do in, yeah. all, in the water. I know, but this is what I'm thinking. Like, yes, floating. That's something you do in the water. But I'm thinking once you're done with your water floating and you've set your world record and all that kind of stuff, everyone's together. Yeah, what are you going to do? Yeah. You just going to get out of the water and go home? Surely not. Surely no. What about Come a on. massive whirlpool of people? <laughs> that kind of be cool. Okay. Well, it's a lake, so theoretically... You could do it. You could set up a lake whirlpool, wouldn't and that be And a little rad? bit of a wave. Yeah. That would be the coolest thing ever. A Mexican wave with all of them in the water. Yeah. That would be so cool. Okay. I think all of the water would just... Like, <laughs> fly, it'd be, yeah, it'd be that's cool. a good point. Where would all this water go? <laughs> okay, and I think we actually do have a few podcast listeners in Argentina. So, guys, if you're listening, you're on notice. This is what we want for the next world record Can attempt. Yeah. If it's them, the ones that actually did it. Yeah. Now, ArchD Radio Awards are coming up, guys. This is very exciting. This is like... It's almost, for me, like a second birthday because I have, <laughs> I have such a great time... Um, knowing that all of the people that come and work on the show every year and we have usually about sort of like 80 or so people that come through from schools or outside of schools like you guys are yeah. um, who've, who've been on the show previously. So uh, the fact that it's shortlisted and we do like a red carpet event and we've got the um, w- wonderful uh, trophies that we get made for it as well. And uh, this year it's going to be kind of bigger than ever because we've got a lot of sort of special guest presenters coming who would never normally come along now Denisha you are going to be one of those people yes this year as well I'm I'm actually really excited I'm kind I'm kind of nervous but I'm not like I'm but I'm excited (laughs) now you won the female announcer of the year senior which is for people year 11 and higher last year yeah and you had to accept the award via video which was pretty cool I did it was a surprise to to us all (laughs) that video was interesting yeah but, yeah, no, I'm excited to actually be here for this one. Oh, it's yeah. great that you're going to be there. And you've been nominated for a few awards as well, which is great. I have. So. I was actually really surprised. Yeah. <laughs> I'm and very excited. And you're presenting the Female uh, Announcer Junior Award. So, yes. year 10 and below. So That's exciting. But it's really hotly contested this year. And I'm really thrilled. <laughs> the thing that makes it so wonderful is when the standard of, of people who come on and make our show, every year it seems it just lifts another level. We just get such... People get more experienced, I guess. People have been coming on and doing it more and more. Um, and as a result, you know, the whole overall standard of the show just gets better and better. Yeah. It's it's so awesome, except for the moment when you got to sit down, go back over, and Peter and I sat down and went over all the recordings <laughs> and were just there with our head in our heads going, oh, but they're all so good. Yeah. Like, what do you do? So to have to whittle it down to five people in each category alone is hard. Yeah. And then to have to kind of go, well, this person is better than the other but the way that you say it's a cliche but um when when people say oh just to be nominated is is a big deal in this case it really is because anyone anyone who's nominated for these awards could win yeah but look people who are listening will be able to find out what happens because we're recording the whole show and we're going to play it as a as a special broadcast um as well so uh but the other um special award presenters besides yourself of course (laughs) (laughs) um brenton raglas who is the announcer 
announcer on Channel 9 News, who himself was a, uh, a Life FM announcer for eight years. Oh, wow. He was actually the breakfast show. Um, um, well, he was actually one of the very first ever breakfast show announcers back in the day before it was called Life FM, before it was 107.9 Life, when it was called Altamira FM. So that was wow. many years ago now. But that's kind of how he learned his craft. Um, we've also got Heather Day, um, who was uh, one of the top 10 finalists in MasterChef last year, our sort of our highest ranking Adelaide person. We had her on the show as a guest last year. And now, of course, she's the face of TAFE SA. So yes. if you look at all the bus shelters and stuff like that all over the place, um, she's sort of the person there because she got um, uh, TAFE uh, diploma before she sort of went on her whole MasterChef journey and before she started Hey Day Butter and, and all that kind of stuff as well. So she's going to be there to present an award too. We've also got Tess Reynolds, who represented Australia uh, in the ice hockey last year and played on the Australian team, and they won gold. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, it's there it was a huge uh, moment. So she now plays for the Adelaide Rush, who, of course, we have a really great relationship here with ArchD as well, with students coming in and reporting on the games. So, uh, yeah, so they're kind of three of the, the, the prominent people that we've got coming. So it's going to be a fantastic night. And you guys are both going to be there. I'm going to be Yay! so looking forward to seeing you yes, all. And this will be your time. first time. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, it'll be great to have I'm you very along. very excited. Yeah. I've never been to one either, so I'm pretty excited. Oh, it's going to be big. It's going to be big. Anyway, but yes, people who are listening, um, do stay tuned because I think in about three or four weeks' time, uh, we will have the show ready to go so you can actually hear it. Yay. Um, and who wins? Ooh, yeah, it's just so exciting. As it happens, as it happens on the night. So it's been fantastic having you guys on. It's almost time for us. Oh, so we so gotta sad. go. Great yeah. show today. It was a yes, great show. Great it has. chat. So it's been interesting. Very good. It has been very Lots interesting. Of fun. We are here every Wednesday night from 9, every Saturday night from 10. Stay tuned to 107.9 Life for more of your music. If you haven't subscribed to our podcast yet, we are on SoundCloud and iTunes. And if you are an iTunes person, please do jump on and give us a rating and leave us a comment because it does help people find the podcast and more people to hear it. Um, I've gotten sort of some stuff back recently um, from the podcast um, supplier people I don't know what you call them the, host, people. the hosty people that has, <laughs> to tell us kind of where people are listening to to the show so um, to everyone who is listening in um uh, in the US, in the UK, we've wow. got people in Pakistan, uh, all over South America, people in Africa, people in India listening to our podcast. So if you're from there, hi. Hello. So hi. lovely to have you <laughs> along and uh, great to have you listening to the show. So yeah. glad you like it. Uh, we will catch up with you again uh, here in the next few days. So we'll see you soon. Bye. 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 Bye.